the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thank you for being with us, the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. I hope that wherever you are, you are riding home, mm-hmm. and you get a smile on your face. Sure. All right? Traffic is light, and uh, you have a nice dinner tonight, this evening. That's right. Thank Wouldn't you for nice? taking us along. Yes. Very good. How are you? Um, I'm good. It's beautiful outside. Sad that the Buccos winning streak ended last night. Yeah, and we thought we had it. what a game. Yeah. I'll, okay, even though it was a loss, it was such a great baseball game. It was. But why did you take the starting pitcher out? I don't know. He was doing just fine. I know. It? And then things really the fell. Cave, yeah. the, it was so exciting. The first two innings were so mm-hmm. thrilling. And the, basically, the whole game was great. It's just we came up on the losing end. And then there's Kutch. Bases loaded. Could you believe? And when he popped that up, you think that was ball four? Yes. You think it was? Yeah. Undoubtedly. Yeah, I'm surprised he swung. That's okay. It's just baseball. Another it is game. baseball. Let's build another winning streak up. Okay? Could you, when he, when it was him coming up to bat, yep. I thought this, it, it had all the makings of like. Perfection. Exactly. But mm-hmm. it wasn't perfection. That's okay. It was, day. it was still great. And tonight, there's another game at 635. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to go to a game? Only 10,000 at last night's game, Well, I think. it was so cold. It Did was really cold. It was How about some of the fans cold. who were bringing their blankets? All, Very smart. The whole time, I was thrilled I was on my sofa. Me too. So I'm not going to criticize anybody no, for not no, going to no. last night's game. And some people were wearing T-shirts and shorts. That's are, those are posers. Those are the guys, Lexi, you know the guys I'm talking about, who have to go to Giant Eagle in their shorts in January. Hmm. You know those guys. Well, I see you those know guys. Them. I know I have a different Come tact. Come on. I just think, oh, those are hardy individuals. Oh no, they're hardy. That's someone trying to prove their testosterone. They didn't look cold. It's someone who feels less than, and oh. that's their compensation. I, I make seriously. Wait, she's looking for confirmation. Okay, she's right. googling it right now. She's oh. seeing if there's any data to support my opinion. <laughs> I just think, oh, they're just hardy guys. No, that's okay, all. that's good. You're a much nicer person what than the me, heck? which is not a surprise to anybody. Thank you. You're very kind. Anyway, what's uh, what's on the news here? We well, get the, we have a on? lot going on today. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the five o'clock hour, we've got Kurt Thompson, oh. our the psychiatrist, is in. Yeah. Okay. Now this is a wild topic, isn't it? Yeah. Kurt, Kurt always like brings it. Kurt never goes. Today we're going to talk about cotton uh, candy at Kennywood. We're going to talk about arguing. No, right. it's not. We're not talking about today. That. It's a desire, shame, violence, and envy. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> is that it? That's it. That's it. That's all we're going to cover. We'll squeeze that in in 15 minutes or less. He'll, he'll make it count. I know he will. I promise you. Yeah, it does. Also, uh, Christian cliches. Not always accurate. Maybe. Or what if they are always accurate? Do you think they are? Yeah, probably. Okay. We'll talk to Lisa Anderson about that. Right. Uh, it's National Poetry Month. We'll hit that. And mm-hmm. um, Real Life Exorcists do not like the new Russell Crowe film, mm-hmm. which is about exorcists. Called The Pope's Exorcist, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's personal. The Real Life Exorcists personal do one. not... Yep. Do not like okay, it. so Roger Ebert, or probably, you know, 
Any interest in seeing it? I mean, if it was, hey, you know, it's streaming. Probably, nope. It's probably not streaming. Nope. No. Lex, how about you? You got any interest in seeing a film about exorcism? I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it. Have you seen? Listen. Oh, I'm funny this, because the original came on the other night. I think it was on TCM. Oh, did it really? And I caught like maybe like two minutes in, and I was like, oh. So I watched for a few minutes until things got a little dicey. <laughs> And then I got scared and shut it off. See, I love horror movies. You know, Do you like really? It. Yeah, I, I just didn't love know that about you. I don't like that. <laughs> I love a good horror movie. Oh, it freaks me out. I just like the adrenaline of it. Maybe right. I like. I love roller coasters too. So like, I think yeah. it's the adrenaline of it, not because I actually like being scared. Well, see, I, right. I'm into it, and then all of a sudden I go, "Why am I watching this? I, right. I, I, this makes me. I don't like it." You know. That's what I think at the very beginning. Which you know, I've never seen that film, which I know is no surprise to you. Because right. how many films haven't I seen? What was the film I said the other day, and you were like? Really? You've, oh, I said yesterday. I've never seen the only Paul Newman movie I saw is the one he did with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Did I make that up? He did that with Tom Cruise. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He did. Right? Yeah, late in his career. Cocktail. Yeah, right? cocktail. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I'm bad with films, you guys. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Anyway, let's go look at the news today. I'm okay? ready because uh, there's a few things going there on. There are. In this world. Okay. I, I I I selected four in particular to talk about. Very nice. Selected four. Okay. Without further ado, please, Kath, give us the top four at four. It's Wednesday. Thank you. April 26th, 2023. This month went fast. Didn't it? Number one. Fighting reportedly disrupted a U.S.-mediated ceasefire in Sudan today as Sudan's army and the paramilitary military rapid support forces battle for control of that country. A morning lull in the fighting did, however, thank goodness, allow thousands to flee Khartoum. The U.N. Special Envoy to Sudan said neither side at this time seems open to serious negotiations to permanently end the violence. Read more about that at the dispatch. Number two, Washington Governor Jay Inslee, a Democrat, John, signed into law today the banning, the sale, the man, the banning, the sale, the manufacture and distribution of 50 kinds of semi-automatic weapons, making him. Now, how many other states do you think have banned assault weapons? Do you have any guess? Three. I would have guessed two. Ten. What state is this? This is Washington. Tenth state to ban assault weapon sales. Uh-huh. The Second Amendment Foundation has filed a federal lawsuit challenging the new restrictions. You can also read more about that at the dispatch. Number three, there's a new nugget in this winter's historic storms in California. We're going to talk later, maybe if we have time, about how beautiful the flowers are out oh, yeah. there mm-hmm. right this year. But all the runoff exposing more gold, Oh. according to uh, CBS Sacramento. Really? Yep. So all the Yosemite Sam's. Yep. Mm -hmm. Albert Fausel is a third generation owner of the Placerville hardware store, which opened in 1890. No, 52. We do a lot of different gold supplies in here, he said. So he's getting ready for a whole new gold rush that he has not seen in his lifetime. Wow, that's so cool. Prospectors. Yep. They're They're saying it could be the biggest event of our lives. Really? What? Get your mule. Predicted gold rush follows the series of intense winter storms eroding rock Mm. from waterways. This year, they say, is going to be unprecedented. Oh, I like it a lot. Isn't it? That's so wild. And number four, today's National Pretzel Day. Oh, good. Yes, it is. A roundup of chains that are offering deals 
just a couple I can throw off the top. Mm-hmm. Auntie Anne's. Of course. Uh, sheets. You can get a free soft pretzel uh, mm. for any customer who purchases a coffee or a fountain drink. Uh, the Philly Pretzel Company. You can redeem one free pretzel. Um... Uh, at their stores, or they also have these little mini locations at Walmart. You could oh. do that as well. You could also go to Wetzel's or Flips. But who doesn't want to celebrate? I do. I wish, like the office, there was a line downstairs we could excuse ourselves to get into. What do you mean, a line? Like you never, you never a saw that pretzel? episode of The Office? Remember oh, no, National no. Pretzel Day? All right, that's I your top four. Sorry. Missed that. I don't, I don't remember that. I like how we were talking so much about it. The, the music just went away. <laughs> like, I it just like faded off. I didn't get it. Then it was yeah. just, it went away. Yeah. You don't remember National I, Pretzel no, Day? No, Do you remember that episode? National oh, Pre- I do. Oh, Thank do you. you. Okay. Stanley goes Season down. one? Oh. I think it's the first or second season. What? It's real really? early in yeah, the I think it show. Is. Stanley goes down to get a pretzel. Yeah, and, and Michael's down there. And I mean, it just goes... Can't imagine. It's... When you do a soft pretzel, yeah. uh, any uh, condiment? Over Thank you. Thank you for asking. Two mandatory. What? Nacho cheese. Yeah. And honey mustard. Honey mustard? No. Nacho cheese? Yes. Honey mustard's weird. It's not all good, but there are certain places where it's very really? good. Okay. All right. Yes. All right. Yeah. So, but the nacho cheese, you're dipping it in there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I'm stopping nice. on the way home to get my pretzels where are you for going? tonight. Uh, I'm going to go to the Philadelphia Pretzel Company. Okay. Mm-hmm. There used to be a guy downtown sold pretzels. He had a he had pretzel in one hand and a cigar in the other in a little wooden box. Okay. In front of um, <laughs> this is dated in front of McCrory's. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time ago. That sure is. Yeah, always had the little stogie and the old bad pretzel, and uh, never once did, what did I venture in there. Just, the pretzel shop on uh, Carson Street in the South Side. Yeah, that's my favorite place to go. How is that? I love it. I love Philly too. They're, oh, it's excellent. Oh, really? it's so good. If I if it was anywhere close to my ride home, really? I'd There's a pretzel shop in Monroeville that's a little shaky. Yeah, you might want to pick one of the ones I mentioned. One hundred one point five W O R D. Turning point with David Jeremiah. It's remarkable to think about that, but when we're in the will of God through Jesus Christ. We will never face a genuine need for which God doesn't give us a genuine provision. Whether we're stranded on a desert island or we simply feel that way, the Lord will provide. Dr. David Jeremiah continues his series, The God You May Not Know, next time on Turning Point. This evening at 7.30 on 101.5 WORD. Doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling. Specializing in roof replacements for churches and places of worship for nearly 40 years. For the church roof replacement specialists in Pittsburgh and the surrounding area, call 724-NEW-ROOF today for a free quote. Tens of thousands affected by the toxic water at Camp Lejeune are left with death, cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, birth defects, and other serious illnesses. And along with the harm, so many worries. My family drank the Camp Lejeune water. What if our health gets worse and we need more financial help? How do I protect my VA benefits and get the compensation I deserve and need? The answer is simple. Call James Harris Law, the experienced, trusted law firm that can get you significant compensation while protecting all your VA benefits. We're already fighting for hundreds of Marines, families, and civilians who drank Camp Lejeune water. But if you miss the deadline... You could forever lose your right to the justice you deserve. So call our Camp Lejeune Legal Helpline now. Now may be your last chance to receive full compensation. Don't delay. Call 800-320-7171. 800-320-7171. 800-320-7171. Can you hear it? 
the cry of those living in darkness, in desperate need of hope. As their cries go up, we here at Cornerstone Television long to answer. We believe God is calling each of us for such a time as this to rise up and come to the battle line with the hope of Jesus Christ. Don't miss Cornerstone's Hope Arising special programming with Pastor Jim, Jason Howard, Matt Sorger, Apostle Connie Brooks, and Jay Gilbert. This is a special invitation for you to come to the battle line with us to link arms and see hope arise. Our mission to reach the nations remains strong, but we can't fulfill our mission without you. Tune in April 24th through 28th at 8 p.m. and discover how to be a strong force of light in the darkness. Watch Hope Arising on Cornerstone Television Network. That's Verizon Fios Channel 505 or Channel 805 on Comcast Xfinity. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call doing it right. 724-NEW-ROOF. Easter tide is upon us. Pastor Josh Brown joins us once again in his regular monthly slot from Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. Josh, welcome back. How are things? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me once again. Always a pleasure, Josh. I don't think Easter tide is a term that a lot of people know. Josh, what does it mean? No, I think you're right. It, it is a season in the church year that it marks the time that the risen Jesus spent with his disciples after his resurrection. So when you read the end of the Gospel accounts and the very beginning of Acts, we see that he spent 40 days after his resurrection with the disciples. He was teaching them, he was uh, encouraging them, he was preparing them for what's next. And then after that was Pentecost, when Jesus had ascended and sent the Spirit. So Easter tide is meant to mark that period of time between Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, and Pentecost. And it's a time that the Church has historically used to focus on the good news of the Resurrection and what it means to say that we have a risen and living Lord. Yes. So, Josh, um, Eastertide, whether it was in Jesus' time after Jesus ascended or in these modern times, is it generally people nod their head and go, oh, yes, of course, Jesus was here after he rose from the dead? You know, it's there. the thing that is interesting about that, John, is that simultaneously the resurrection has always been at the absolute heart of the Christian faith, and it's been one of the things that is the biggest stumbling block for people. Um, it's not a peripheral doctrine. It's not an ancillary doctrine on any level. And yet it, it is always something that has generated a range of responses from people. Uh, but it's right there at the, at the heart of it. It's in 1 Corinthians 15. Paul says, the gospel that I received is what I'm passing on to you, that Christ was crucified for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he died, he was buried, he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. So it's always right there, right at the heart of things. But even from the earliest days, you see that it generated a range of responses from people. Right. So uh, the truth is, and people say this all the time, if Jesus did not resurrect from the dead, then what's the point of Christendom? Exactly. In fact, uh, right after the passage I mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15, the very next few verses, uh, which, by the way, that chapter is the, the longest and most sustained reflection on the resurrection and all of its implications that we find anywhere in Scripture. And right after that, Paul says exactly what you said, John. He, in fact, he says, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. We, we lose everything if we lose this. What about the range of... Um reaction. I mean, we can talk about the range of reactions that people have now, but let's talk about um, 
you know, what we know about Acts, what we know about how the apostles were going out, they were telling people the gospel. They said there was a guy, he was dead, and then he wasn't. Yeah. Um, how did people respond? Yeah, you see, even before the disciples go out, I mean, you see, even among the disciples, just there, there's a whole, they're trying to process what had happened there. Uh, in Luke's gospel, it says that they, they walked away from the tomb marveling at what had happened. They weren't sure about this. They were trying to figure this out. Uh, when the women had first told them that, it says it's in Luke 24, they, they thought it was an idle tale. Uh, you know, we all know Thomas is the one who famously said, hey, I hear what you're saying, but I've got to put my hands on it before I can really believe this. So even among the inner group, there was always a, there was, there was a sense that, wow, this, what you were saying is something I've not ever encountered before. This is such a big claim. And we sometimes, I think, assume that maybe, well, every, everybody then just believed that. It was easy for them to believe that. They didn't question it or anything. And that's just not what you see in those accounts at all. And then later, when you do get to the book of Acts, and Paul is going around and proclaiming the resurrection, there's a, there's a fascinating little series of encounters in Acts chapter 17 when he is in Athens, and, he, and he's speaking with people there. And uh, there, there's one part in particular where it says he's speaking with some of the philosophers, and, and it makes a point of saying that they did nothing all day except hearing and speaking new ideas to one another. So they were always encountering new ideas, and yet when they heard Paul talk about the resurrection, they said, this guy is babbling, and he's bringing strange things to our ears. Um, so it wasn't just this, well, yeah, that sounds great, and nobody ever thought twice about it. There, there was a lot of incredulity, especially early on. So you say, Josh, that some mocked Paul, some people wanted to know more, and others truly believed. Those are very three different roads you could travel. I, I guess, you know, uh, from Acts 17 to, to this age, it's been the same throughout history. It is, and, and what you're referencing there, John, is the very end of that. The very end of that chapter. In fact, I'll just I'll just read it here. It's the last couple of verses in Acts 17. Said, now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, but others said, we will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst, but some men joined him and believed, among whom also were Dionysus the Areopagite and a woman named Damaris and others with them. So that's exactly the part you referenced there, and I, I think that those range of reactions are the ones that you do still see. There are people who will say, that's, that, that's too far. I understand what you're saying. I just I can't accept that on the face of it, that someone who is dead is now alive and is alive forevermore. There are others who will say, I, I don't understand. I'm not really sure what this means. I'm wrestling with this. I would like to hear some more. I have some questions. And there are others who hear that, and the Spirit works in their heart and convinces and convicts them of that truth, and they believe. Mm -hmm. And that's the range that we still see. I believe. Help me in my unbelief. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've always wondered that kind of middle group there, as I've read that passage and thought about it over the years, that, that middle group uh, who were the ones who said, I, I want to hear some more about this. I've always wondered what was next for them. Um, I have to imagine that <laughs> of those who came back and heard more, it was probably some of those same still three categories. Um, but, I, yeah, part of me has just always been curious. Well, what happened then? <laughs> you know, that's fascinating to think about people's reactions because a lot's gone down on Earth since that time. You think right. of, like, all the changes in history, all the changes in uh, in 
government, in in powers, in wars, in the advance of knowledge and science, you know, everything from the dark ages to the rise of reason, to the enlightenment, uh, to the renaissance, to the reformation, all of that. And yet at heart, it seems like people's responses right now in the 21st century are the same. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, right? On a on a certain level, th- those are going to be the way the human heart re- responds to those things. And um, so, it's not we, about what we know. It's not about how advanced culture is. <clears throat> no, I don't think so. And you know, it was uh, it was C.S. Lewis who he he gets quoted for this all the time. But he was the one who very famously said that that idea that well they would have believed this thing very easily because they were just, you know, pre-modern and they didn't have all the insight that we did, but we we are the ones who should question this and be skeptical. He was the one who famously called that chronological snobbery uh, in, in saying that, look, they, they understood people, the people in Acts chapter 17 that Paul was with, they may not have known how to drive a car or send an email, uh, but they knew that when something was died, something died, it was dead. They mm-hmm. understood that very well. And for somebody to say, no, this dead man is alive again and is enthroned over all things. Uh, the reason they would reject it is not not because you know they couldn't understand what Paul was saying. They understood it. They just said that claim has such significance that I'm not prepared to accept the full implications of it. Pastor Josh Brown is with us from Belfield Presbyterian Church in the Oakland neighborhood here in the city of Pittsburgh. So, Josh, then let's go back to where we started the conversation, Eastertide. If it's true what you and Kath said, that it's a little known season or a little promoted or we choose not to dive into it as much as we should or could, why is that? Why don't we do a better job at at working this harder uh, theologically, intellectually, spiritually in the life of the church and in the greater greater world as a whole? Um, those are good questions, John, and I think we've discussed together on your show a number of different seasons in the church here and why those things can be a helpful thing to, to show us that it is more than just these little isolated Sunday uh, celebrations that we have. Um, so we talked about the similar kind of thing with Lent and with Advent and some of these ones. To intentionally focus on something for a sustained amount of time is, is a way to train your heart and your mind to be shaped by that thing much more deeply than to just take a brief little moment of hearing something, even even nodding along and saying, yep, sounds good, I believe that, that's incredible, and then moving along. When it's something that you just spend some time in, um, it really, it, it, it kind of just gets, gets down deep in you uh, in a, in a kind of different way. It's the reason that we all watch our favorite movies again and again and again, and we listen to a song on repeat, and you know, we read mm-hmm. books that we like often. We do that with all these things, to come back and just sit, intentionally with this news that Jesus is alive is something that's going to shape us in some different ways. Um, but I think it's, we're not used to doing that kind of thing, and it doesn't maybe, maybe we didn't even know that it's something we should be doing. Um, but it is, it's a, it's a formative and a powerful thing to do. Josh, tell us about Belfield. We are uh, located in the Oakland section of the city of Pittsburgh, right in the middle of the university and medical communities that's here. Um, but we have folks who come from, from all over the place. We're a multi-generational church. We do do a lot of work with the university communities there and try to reach out and care for them. 
Um, and we've got uh, just a number of ways to, to serve that group. Uh, th this is a week where we are, are praying for them. All of the Pitt students are taking final exams right now, so <laughs> mm. we're especially praying for our students. I bet. Uh, yeah. Josh, thanks for being with us today. Um, are you excited about the Pirates? Let me ask you that. Hey, this is off to a great start. Um, sure I, I, I want to yeah, let, let's ride this thing for as long as we can. This is this is good. Have you it, been to PNC Park yet? Uh, not this season. Okay. No, I haven't, haven't got out this season yet, but uh, hopefully get there at some point soon, and maybe this April momentum will carry us a little bit. I like carry it. a little further on. Yep. Like yeah, it's it. great. It's a good feeling. Thanks, Josh. Josh. Thanks so much. Right. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Moms, wow, aren't they special? Doesn't that word just warm your heart and make you feel loved? Hi, it's me, Marcia, from The Springhouse, and I am so blessed to get to work side-by-side -side with my mom every day in our family business. And right now, my mom and I are planning for a special day for you and your mom on Mother's Day. Every year on Mother's Day, we barbecue chicken quarters over the open pit outside with our secret butter sauce. Baked beans, corn pudding, coleslaw, macaroni salad, ho-ho cake, and more will abound inside to go along with that tasty, tender chicken. When I was a teenager and we first started cooking for crowds, all my mom wanted for Mother's Day was for us five kids to help get ready to make this a special day for our guests. So bring your family and come hungry to enjoy the wonderful farm-fresh meal that we started all those years ago. Oh yeah, live music and free cones for moms too. Let us share a little of our farm with you. The Spring House in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Form is the heavyweight champion of the world. On April 28th, experience the movie based on the miraculous story of George Foreman. George Foreman ain't no new champ. He is the new chump. Foreman is down. I'm not going to box him off. I'm going to follow God. It's the greatest comeback story of all time. There's only two things I know how to do. Box and preach. And preach you won't pay the bills. Foreman's 45 years old. The risk isn't losing. It's surviving. How can you beat that man? I'm going to do this my way. Big George Foreman. Exclusively in movie theaters. April 28th. We did PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Progressive presents... 10 things on a plumber's to-do list that are harder than getting a small business insurance quote. Waking up for 5 a.m. plumbing disasters, finding out why water is pouring from the ceiling while telling a customer to leave the room, replacing a pipe in a home from the 1800s, then dealing with invoices or your awkward apprentice or that really weird smell, and then there's breathing and eating and, of course, clogs. But the easiest thing on any small business owner's to-do list? Seeing if you could save on the business insurance that's right for you. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Coverage provided and service by affiliated and third-party insurers. Terry Wardenas here from the Gateway Clipper. Celebrate mom with a family aboard a Mother's Day cruise, sailing Sunday, May 14th. All moms will receive a special gift from all of us at the Clipper. For reservations, visit gatewayclipper.com. Roofing, siding, or remodeling? Want it done right, call doing it right. 724-NEW-ROOF. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com.
Frost advisory in effect late tonight through tomorrow morning. For tonight, partly cloudy and cold, freezing temperatures in the normally colder spots, the low 33. Times of clouds and sun for tomorrow, the nicest day of the week. Tomorrow will reach a high of 66. Periods of rain tomorrow night with a low of 52. Periods of rain Friday, it will be breezy in the morning. Friday will reach a high of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. So in your local cinema, there's a a movie called um, The Pope's Exorcist. It's a a swashbuckling tale. I've not seen it. You've not seen it. I have no interest. Is it swashbuckling? Swashbuckling tale, they say. That's a term I don't feel like I use enough in my daily life. Well, the Bucks. There's a swashbuckling tale. I guess you're right. A swashbuckling tale of a heroic Italian priest lured into battle with an ancient demon who has possessed an innocent child in a Spanish abbey, based loosely on the real writings of the Reverend Gabriel Amorth, a prolific and media-friendly exorcist for the Diocese of Rome, who worked for nearly three decades starting in the mid-1980s. Oh, really? So it's okay, mm-hmm. pretty recent. The movie stars a daring priest, plays by a charismatic Russell Crowe, who cracks jokes in the face of violent threats and wields his unwavering faith in God, like a superpower. Okay, this is interesting. I have not seen the trailer for this or anything. I have. Okay. But I assumed that this was like a tale from like the 17th oh, century or day. something. I didn't know that it was modern day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, and the film has generally been received, I mean, not His raves. performance. Yes, Russell Crowe's performance. You know, ha- ha- has gotten a lot of attention. You can imagine, right? Um, so... I'm reading here from, uh, where is this from? Uh, Slate. (laughs) Okay. So they're saying uh, it's a little strange when the International Association of Exorcists, the IAE. Oh, yeah, you know the IAE. It's my union. (laughs) The IAE, the organization co-founded by the real-life Amorth, who died in 2016, released a statement condemning the film upon the trailer's release. The movie played on, quote, anxiety restlessness, and fear, end quote, a press release from the organization contended, with unrealistic, striking physical and verbal manifestations of the demon. Those assertions are undoubtedly true. It's a horror movie, after all, but given Amor's portrayal by an Oscar-winning actor who is swigging whiskey, dropping cool one-liners, and fearlessly plugging into eerie sulfuric catacombs... It's curious that the humanizing heroic portrayal of a real-life exorcist wouldn't get more favorable responses from his spiritual descendants. That'd be hard to do. If you know the, the guy himself, then any movie adaptation... is going to be disturbing and wrong. Right. I mean, my, uh, my nephew works for Nike out in Portland, and... Uh, he, you know, he he initially panned the movie Air oh, because right. he said, that's that's all wrong. Phil Knight. They were like, that's not Phil Knight. What's well, Hollywood? So, right. Very few biopics do a good job of representing the true person because it's Hollywood. Their comment though doesn't sound like they're upset that he wasn't portrayed well, but that the manifestations of the demon weren't portrayed well. Again, it's Hollywood. Right? It's Hollywood. Everything. It has its own life. They don't care. They're not looking for reality. They're looking for tell the story or, in this case, shock the audience as much as possible, right? Uh, The real Gabriel Amorth, back to this article, was born in 1925 
at a time when the age of exorcism seemed in the distant past. This That's what I see. That, that, right? It's what was in my head. Exorcisms peaked historically speaking during the European wars of religion in the 16th and 17th centuries. In the 17, 1700s, with the Enlightenment, Christians came to see demons as, well, this is slate. They're saying Christians came to see demons as superstitious or even pagan elements of the faith. Some Christians began to push for the ouster of the devil from the religion altogether. Mm, I'm not familiar with that. I am not either. Anyway. Uh, I'm still not seeing it. Well, reading this. You, you think that maybe you might want to. Well, I'm not going to go to the theater and buy a ticket. I'm just not going to. But well, Lexi might. Lex? Oh, we'll see. Okay. Yeah. We'll give you like an expense account. <laughs> right. Here's 20 bucks cash. <laughs> bring me back receipts. <laughs> I'll make sure to bring you back some popcorn. Oh, yeah, yeah, could yeah. you? Some movie popcorn. John likes those ridiculous dots. Oh, yeah. Give me which some is dots. like, no, I don't know <laughs> what. Not the dots. That's dots. the worst. That's the most ridiculous no. candy. Milk duds. Uh, what else? I mean, I'll, I'll eat any candy, uh, any movie candy. Dots, all they do is get stuck in no, your teeth. No, they're excellent. And you need them during that movie, I'm sure. 101.5 WORD. If life is hard and you need encouragement, why don't you come along for our journey through 2 Corinthians on Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Together, we'll see that God loves to comfort his children in their dark times, and we'll be reminded that God loves us and wants the best for us. I'll save a seat on the Bible bus just for you. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Hi, friends. Tom Lewis for Cross International with a great big thank you to everyone who gave in our campaign to reach, rescue, and bring hope and the gospel to children right there in Haiti, Guatemala, and Nicaragua through Cross International Partners. Your gifts are literally transforming lives. Now, there's still some work to be done. A lot of children waiting to be fed for the next year, receive clean water, a Christian education, other life-saving resources, and their there's room for you to call right now, 866-806-2977. we still got a lot of children in this campaign that need your help. You can give on the web as well at wordfm.com, the Cross International Banner. Or one more time, here's the number to call, 866-806-2977. Progressive presents an ad from Mom. What does it say here? Bundle your home and auto insurance with Progressive and get protection around the clock. You know what? I'm sorry. I, I think it should be around. <laughs> what are you signaling? Me? To stop talking? Oh, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking. No, just had to tell me. That's all you have. Get round the clock protection when you bundle and save with Progressive. It's easier than getting your mom to make this radio ad. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement. 
but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Okay, so we were just talking about the uh, movie The Pope's Exorcist. Haven't seen it. Maybe at some point when it streams, I'm sure it will. Uh, I'd be I'd be interested in it. However, I, um, I, I've seen a number of films recently um, that portray Christians in less than favorable light. This is this is true of Hollywood. And uh, I saw a piece in uh, World Magazine: the five Christians you meet in the movies, which I believe succinctly sums up what it is. To be a believer and see yourself or people that you know portrayed on the screen, big screen or little screen. This is an article by Samuel James, and um, he says that uh, Rain Wilson, who uh, is obviously famously famously from The Office, uh, Dwight Schrute, actually said that uh, Hollywood is depicting Christians negatively all the time. Now, Rain Wilson is not a Christian. No, he's not. Uh, so. The author of the piece is saying, well, look, if, if people who aren't even Christians are noticing that you can't find one nice depiction of a Christian in a film, then maybe it's something worth noticing. Right. Uh, I guess in some ways, I, to me, I sort of shrug my shoulders. I kind of expect it. Me too. Right. You know it's coming. Now, is it well-deserved or, you know... Well, so... We do ourselves. Yes and no. Yes and no. Like... Okay, let's go through and talk about how Christians are portrayed in the films, and then we can decide whether we deserve it or not. Okay, so so recently uh, I saw, and, and Lexi saw this too, The Whale. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that was an Oscar-winning movie. and He uh, won for Best Actor. He did, yeah. Uh, Can't think of his name. Lex, what's his name? Brendan Fraser. Thank you. Yeah, um, Saw the Whale, and I also saw The Fablemans. These were both Oscar-nominated films this year. Steven Spielberg's film, uh, The Fablemans. Now, uh, The Whale. I, I mean, I like the film. It's a. Re- What's interesting is as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, oh, this could be a play because it all takes place basically in one room, mm. one set. So I'm reading about the, the film after the fact, and of course, it was a play before it was a major motion picture. But in the movie itself, a character comes into the room who is a believer and and with good intentions, um, sympathetic, compassionate, kind, wanting to preach the gospel, to reach the unsaved. And a conversation takes place. What's interesting is that most characters in the film, in, in the room, are either believers, were believers, have some strong knowledge of what it is to be a believer, and have re- has also read the Bible. Hmm. Okay. Now, do I am I a spoiler here? Um, at the same time, yeah, don't spoil it for people uh, who haven't seen. At it. the same time, any number of those people, and the primary one, you would consider to be a hypocrite. Okay, Lex, that's a fair assessment, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so. Having said that, the end of the film. No spoiler alert, also offers a very 
interesting surprise. But in many, many films, including The Fablemans, the Christian is portrayed as a deep and thick hypocrite. Mm-hmm. One of the one of the stock characters that Hollywood likes to pull out. Here's someone who professes faith, and they're a phony. Right. That's pretty common. Does that, that bother you? Uh, it does. I mean, it's a it's a movie trope we've seen a whole lot of times. Right. You know, from it's it's all it, what we could go back to Flashdance and Dirty Dancing, right? <laughs> I find myself. I'm sure you could go back way. Far, I'm joking. You yeah. Go way further than that. But that it does it bother me. There are a lot of there are a lot of hypocrites. Yeah. But there are hypocrites in everything. There are you know socialist hypocrites and there are Islamic yeah, hypocrites yeah. and there are it's just the way of people capitalistic hypocrites and that so you don't see those portrayed as often. Probably not as aggressively. Again, any portrayal, there is truth to that. We're going to talk a little later on in the hour here in the five o'clock hour about Christian cliches Mm -hmm. with someone from Focus, Lisa Anderson from Focus on the Family. We are, we are cliches. We are parodies of ourselves. Sure. I mean, so. I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much. It it bothered me. When I find myself like, you know, and Lexi, I, I, you know, we, you talked about the whale on on the air, and uh, and I know how much you liked it, and I like it too. But I find myself often, in my own mind, while I'm watching something, vig- vigorously defending the faith as well, I'm sure, watching the you film. You should be right. You should be. So I, I wonder, you know, as I'm watching these movies and contributing to the bottom line of the film by buying a ticket, um, I'm also then contributing to the tropes and the falseness of Hollywood as they denigrate and perhaps degrade Christians? That's a hard question. Because mm-hmm. in some ways you are, but in other ways, you're that that's a filmmaker's actual perspective. Yep. So I, I, I don't know if I'd look at it as propaganda or if it's just that's how that guy sees it. Right. And so that's what the role of the artist is in society, is to say what he sees. So... I think it, it would be good for us to take the criticism and maybe learn from it. Yeah, not to be thin-skinned. Okay, so uh, the hypocrite is one one okay. type stock character. Okay. The wa- I'm sorry, uh, not the hypocrite, uh, the bully, the Christian bully. I mean, you see this everywhere um, in the in this article. Have you ever? Seen, <laughs> no, I've never seen. You've never seen the film Carrie. No. This is an old. I mean, 1970s horror film. Sissy Spacek plays the prom queen. Mm-hmm. Sissy Spacek, I bet you she's 70 years old. Right. That's how old this movie is. Uh, her mother is a deep and hard, harsh, unmerciful bully. Shawshank Redemption. Mm, Have you seen sure, it? of course. The Warden. Yeah, of course. A complete and total jerk. Yep. I mean, and it ends badly <laughs> yes, for both yes, of them. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Right? The bully. It definitely does. Um, the third character you would see in the film, the wise heretic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a film called First Reformed. Oh, yeah. I, hate I, it. I never saw it. I hated you hate... it so much. Why did you hate it? <laughs> the pastor. It's a film about a pastor who is going through a spiritual slash midlife crisis. It just... It was sympathetic. I mean, if you would look at that film, many people who were not especially believers would look at the major character and go, oh, uh, my heart breaks for this this man. Okay. 
Okay, but here's the thing. The reason that their heart breaks for the man and they like him is because he's starting to hate on the church, right? Pretty much. Yeah, so that's what it is, right? right. Oh, yeah. So I get a kick out of this one. And I mean a kick in a sad way. I'm not like saying it makes me you know, laugh uproariously. The wise heretic. The wise heretic, because that's to me the one that I end up seeing the most of, is that the person who was in the church and now has become so much wiser and smarter, and now they're able to you know, throw off the fetters of the ridiculousness that they were immersed in before. And then the rest of the secular world can welcome them in and say, oh, yeah, isn't it great that you got out of that? Yeah, that's I see that a lot. Yeah. Uh, number four in the uh, five top Christian tropes in movies, the unfeeling elder. The this, bad, the bad, the mean dad. Uh, it covers a wide spectrum. Um, Footloose, of course. Footloose. And Do, Dirty Dancing. <laughs> gosh. Footloose. Uh, go back. Do you remember the wise or the uh, the unfeeling elder in Footloose? The dad. Yeah, it was Jerry Orbach. Yeah. What a, what, what a great champion. actor. Oh, my gosh. What a great actor. What a great actor. I mean, man. I'm, I hated that movie. I hated Footless. Dirty Dancing. Oh, I hated stupid movie. Them. People love it. People oh. love that Patrick Swayze. Oh, get out of here. Oh, that's just such an that's such an old overused story to me. Kevin like, Bacon's in the news today. Oh, why? Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> Drag queen. Oh, the, oh, yeah. The thing he did on Instagram. <laughs> he's, he's <laughs> I saw in it the last news, night. Yeah. The unfeeling elder. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's notable about the category is that while people of all ideologies can be this rigid in real life, this type of cinematic character, the unfeeling elder, is almost always a Christian. Mm-hmm. The arrogant atheist, the illiber- illiberal secularist, these are very real people, but very rarely movie characters. Yep, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's very true. My favorite uh, Christian character in movies is the well-meaning dolt. Oh, okay. I mean, someone who is embraces their Christian faith, but is also laughable. Kind of dumb. Talladega Nights. Oh, right. Of I mean, course. the prayer. Of course. The prayer. Lord. And, I mean, and they're talking about, and, and then there's a debate right after the prayer, or actually in the middle of the prayer, about little baby Jesus. Right. And which baby Jesus are you praying? I mean, it goes off the rails quickly. It's funny. Right. But, I mean, the guy's theology, pretty well, pretty mixed up. Yeah, well. It's Will Ferrell. Yeah. So you would expect that. Uh, I uh, can't think of another example of that. But Oh, the Christian dolt. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't seen that one as much. Christmas with the Cranks. That's uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, no, I never saw that. Not a good movie. Uh I, the one I see them okay. So the question is, do we deserve it? Well, I don't know if we deserve it or not. Because look, it's it, 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 it's not as though you know Christendom is a monolith, right? It's a you come to Christ because you're a hot mess, pretty much. And a lot of us tend to stay hot messes, right? Even though we have grace and mercy and forgiveness new life, in our lives, yeah. Right? We t- but we fall back to who we are as human beings. So, of course, we deserve it. I don't know. This is not persecution that no. we're portrayed badly in films. No. But don't, it does get you. I, it, I get it, a little hot yeah. sometimes. Like, I, really? You guys, yeah. again, it's it easy me. sometimes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Be- because you would not see this, although, like like the Book of Mormon, the play The Book of Mormon. It's a great play. 
It's a huge send-up of Mormonism. You would not see this often in other major faiths, mm-hmm. right? No, but because we are the majority, who we are, right. then you know it's it's easy to wash to have this wash over us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't bother me. I don't know. It's I if I was going to get mad about a about some injustice, this isn't the one I'd pick. But there it is. There it is. It's good to recognize it it's for what it is. It's good to recognize it. You see it. your five primary right. categories. Oh, that's the Christian. Right. Right. There's the dolt. There's yeah. the heretic. And I bet the... if you mentioned that to any movie-going person, they would acknowledge. They'd be like Rain Wilson. Like, oh, yeah, I get that. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk, and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. Inflation is pushing up the cost of just about everything. Food, gas, clothing. But life insurance, which thanks to inflation you need now more than ever, actually costs less today than it did a few years ago. Now is the time to get the insurance you need at a price you can afford. Call SelectQuote now and we'll help you save more than 50% on term life insurance. In a hurry? Don't worry. With SelectQuote, you can get up to $2 million in instant, same-day coverage with no medical exam. That's right. Get up to $2 million in instant, affordable, same-day coverage with no medical exam in under an hour. Call SelectQuote now at 1-800-507-2266. That's 1-800-507-2266. Or go to SelectQuote.com now and get up to $2 million in instant, same-day coverage with no medical exam. That's 1-800-507-2266. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Did you know you can get your prescriptions for less at your local pharmacy? You can with GoodRx. It's the free app that can save you money on your medications. Just search for your prescription, choose the pharmacy and the price that works best for you, and then show your GoodRx coupon to your pharmacist at the drop-off counter. GoodRx works at over 70,000 pharmacies, including Walmart, Rite Aid, and Walgreens, and it works whether you have insurance or not. It's easy to save. Next time you drop off your prescription, check GoodRx. To start saving today, go to GoodRx.com. GoodRx is not insurance. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. Keep counting at those stop signs. Alex full stop and doesn't go until she counts to five, McSweeney. Because you are a safe driver. And like most drivers who sign up for Snapshot from Progressive, which customizes your rate for how and how much you drive, you could earn a discount for your good driving. So don't turn into an Alex rolling stop and goes whatever she wants, McSweeney. Because once an Alex full stop and doesn't go until she counts to five, McSweeney, always an Alex full stop. Well, you know the rest. Sign up for Snapshot today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in all states or from all agents. So here we are. It's outdoor season once again. We were, where were we the other day? My wife and I, and there were large bumblebees. Outside my house, they are gigantic. 
gigantic. (laughs) One flew by on Sunday afternoon, and I thought, is it? How is he that big already? Yeah, they're as big as a quarter. Oh, my gosh, they're enormous. Uh, I have no desire to kill them. Oh, no. Right, because you hear always about the the lack of bees Mm. in society. Good grief, no. Society. (laughs) Society. Well, there's a lack of bees in society. Well, don't invite them. Let's invite them to the dinner buffet. Um, ranking the pain of stinging insects. Oh, okay. From... Like which insects have the worst stings? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here's the weird thing. There's a guy uh, who has spent his life being stung, him and his wife, who met back in the 70s where he was a, a, a young budding scientist and his new research assistant. And they were out in the fields and came upon some bees and got stung. <laughs> that initial sting turned into a lifelong marriage and then into research studies where they and then later on a team of people would go around the world searching to be stung. And really? then categorizing the pain of the sting. How could you possibly look at that as your life's work? That's what they did. I mean... There's stories uh, of the, the two of them, you know, being in groups of people, like a, a team of scientists on a bus, kind of like a far side comic. Yeah. And pulling over somewhere in South Africa because they saw a mound, realizing that there were fire ants in the mound and let's go get stung by the fire ants so we can categorize them and, and write and write about them. Where are you reading from? I'm reading from uh, someplace called Atlas Obscura, which is a really fascinating website. I really recommend it. Uh, the um, the uh, biologist, his name is um, Paul Schmidt. He died in February of 2023. He was a biologist at Southwestern Biological Institute and a researcher in the etymology department at the University of Arizona. He willingly offered his arm to different stinging insects to create the index featured in his 2016 book, the sting of the wild. The index ranks stinging pain on a scale of one, a red fire ant, to four, a warrior wasp, and recounts Dr. Smith's face off with each insect with a poetic and sometimes humorous description. Hmm. Uh, and then Atlas Obscura has taken this and they've made a Schmidt's sting pain insects. Insects scaled according to level of pain. And there's so this is see, an insect index. Yes, 30 of them that go from number 30, the giant sweat bee, which he quotes, size matters, but it isn't everything. A silver tablespoon drop squarely onto your big toenail, sending you hopping. Okay. Okay. Two, I'll go all the way up to number one, the honey wasp. Spicy, blistering, a cotton swab dipped in habanero sauce has been pushed up your nose. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah. Number two, the bald-faced hornet, rich, hearty, slightly crunchy, (laughs) similar to getting your hand mashed in a revolving door. (laughs) Number three, the Indian jumping ant. Ah, that's a wonderful wake-up feeling, like coffee. But oh, so bitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number four is the water walking wasp. Clever but trivial. A little magic in that you cannot quite figure out the difference between pain 
and illusion. Mm-hmm. He is poetic, isn't he? He is. The ferocious polybob wasp. Oh, sorry. Uh, he says, um, like a trick gone wrong, your posterior is a target for a BB gun. Oh. Bullseye. Uh-oh. Over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So. I have never been stung by a wasp. Oh, haven't you? I really hate yellow jacket stings. That's up there for me. Yeah. Yeah. Honeybee? Worse? Better? A wasp? Always painful. Be careful out there. It's the beginning of the season. Word FM. Remembering Charles Stanley. My loving Heavenly Father. He loves me. He cares for me. He hears my plea. He's going to answer my prayer. A life dedicated to teaching others how to have a relationship with Jesus. Celebrating the life and legacy of Charles Stanley. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com. The Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.com. Check it out. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says he and Chinese leader Xi Jinping have had a phone conversation in their first known contact since Russia invaded Ukraine. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says any negotiations over ending the fighting in Ukraine would have to reflect President Zelensky's view. His perspectives, the Ukrainian people's perspectives, uh, the conditions and circumstances they're willing to negotiate over, uh, that has to be front and center. That's what the United States supports. Um, and we certainly would welcome um, any uh, effort uh, to arrive at a just peace. The development comes as Ukraine is readying its forces for an expected spring counteroffensive. Oklahoma State Parole Board denies clemency for death row inmate Richard Glossop. This cleared the way for him to be executed on May 18th. This is SRN News. Eric was way behind on his taxes. I owed a lot of money to the IRS, almost $15,000. I tried to make payments. The IRS wasn't satisfied with Eric's efforts, so they came after him full force. They're coming to put a lien and a hold on all my income, my home, my car. I was just overwhelmed at what to do. Then Eric called Optima Tax Relief. When Optima Tax got involved, the cars would stop, the threats would stop. It was easy like... uh. One, two, three. Optima Tax Relief is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and their team of expert tax professionals took care of Eric's problem. I owe 15000 and now my debt is clean. I don't owe anything. Take Eric's advice. If you have a tax problem, you need to call Optima Tax now. Call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Rayma Christian School is enrolling now. Rayma is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through 8th grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rayma aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rayma is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. For tuition and enrollment information, visit RaymaChristianSchool.org. 
My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? Babbel's interactive lessons are created by real language teachers and voiced by real native speakers using a modern conversation-based method. So in no time, you can start speaking confidently about real-life topics in another language. Nosotras vamos a México en dos días y ahora hablamos español. Gracias, Babbel. Sí, muchas gracias. <laughs> Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. You're smart, you're busy, and don't have time to waste on the mainstream media cycle. Salem News Channel breaks that cycle. Topics that matter from hosts worth watching. Dinesh D'Souza, Andrew Wilkow, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. Salem News Channel, not like the other guys. Watch anytime, on any screen, free, 24-7. Find everything you need to know at snc.tv. That's snc.tv. Frost advisory in effect late tonight through tomorrow morning. For tonight, partly cloudy and cold, freezing temperatures in the normally colder spots, the low 33. Times of clouds and sun for tomorrow, the nicest day of the week. Tomorrow will reach a high of 66. Periods of rain tomorrow night with a low of 52. Periods of rain Friday, it will be breezy in the morning. Friday will reach a high of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> um, in addition to John, I'd like to welcome you listeners. Glad you're along with us on today's Ride Home. We have a great hour ahead. We're going to be talking with uh, Lisa Anderson at 540 uh, she has a radio program and a uh, ministry that's devoted to people like her who are single. From Focus. Haven't married. Um, she's super dynamic mm -hmm. and funny, and I'd love to meet her in person sometime after all the time we've spent she's on She's on air. a road trip. Is she? Well, she's part of our, you know, our imaginary road trip. Oh, I would like to do a road right. trip. Make yeah, exactly. Counterclockwise. I thought you meant she was on her way here. No. Okay. Colorado Springs, you think? I think Probably, so. Yeah. Probably. Um, 510, which is just a couple minutes away, we'll be talking to our psychiatrist in residence, Dr. Kurt Thompson, mm -hmm. uh, about desire, shame, and violence. <laughs> that sounds like a good one. Sure. See how he weaves that together. Okay, but before that, John, I, I want to run past this article I saw on CBS News today that is... I don't know what to say about it. It's one of these things, like, I, I specifically, and I think you do too, I um, shy away from news I see on a daily basis that is sensationalistic right. because I don't think it helps me, you, sir. I don't think it helps our listeners. I don't. Uh, right. That Armageddon is always yeah, around the corner. And, and if there's no emergency, then some news sources feel like they don't have a reason for existing. And right, so they have right. to create one. It's pretty common, right? This one, however, w was uh, jumped out at me and you can. This Armageddon end of the world story. Okay. 
CBS News. Fighters have occupied a national public laboratory in Sudan, holding samples of diseases, including polio and measles, creating a, quote, extremely, extremely dangerous situation, the World Health Organization warned Tuesday. Fighters kicked out all the technicians from the lab, which is completely under the control of one of the fighting parties as a military base, says Nima Saeed Abid, the WHO's representative in Sudan. Now, if you have not been following along with international news, there's a um, brewing civil war in Sudan. It's an incredibly uh, dangerous situation for many people who live there, for everyone who lives there. This, however, uh, seems to take on, ratchet it up to a whole other level. There's no information in the article about which warring faction has taken over the lab. I don't even know if it matters. Um, I don't know who it is. But uh, Nima Abid from the WHO said he had received a call from the head of the national lab in Khartoum on Monday. Um, There's a huge biological risk associated with the occupation of the central public health lab. He pointed out the lab also held so-called isolates or samples of a range of deadly diseases, including cholera. Uh, The U.N. health agency also said it had confirmed 14 attacks on health care during the fighting, killing eight and injuring two, depleting stocks of blood. Um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So in addition to chemical hazards, bio-risk hazards are also very high due to lack of functioning generators. Here's my question. Why in the world do we have an extremely, extremely dangerous situation in the middle of Sudan? So Sudan wasn't always this dangerous. No, but right? no, but I'm just saying it seems as if a WHO lab would be in a place it would be in a major city, right? Right. It would be in a that a place that has advanced methods of security, yes, and advanced meth, methods of uh, contamin, contamination control. Sudan. What? What are we talking? I don't. I don't. I can't even. And here's the thing: I would give you the rest of the article, except that's pretty much it. Right. It's kind of like, you know, when I hear something like this, you think about what's happening in Ukraine with, you know, nuclear reactors. Yes, right. Same kind of thing. There's something that's ultimately extremely dangerous. I'm sure, you know, for the good people of Ukraine to have that there in their backyard was helpful to them. Mm-hmm. But now in the midst of war, it becomes extremely volatile. Perhaps the Sudan uh, thing is biological, very similar. Yeah. That probably in the Middle East, that there was something that was necessary to have that located there to help those in the surrounding countryside. Did I have not seen this in in, in other news sources no. today? CBS. So I mean, you know, say what you will about CBS and mainstream media. There's a lot to be said, but it is a mainstream media source. Well, Coming up. So next. what does that mean? We're all going to start to wear masks. Well, no, but- <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Oh, we're going to have a big fight about right, that. Yeah. If I hear one more fight about masks, I just can't. Whatever. I'm just not, I'm not, just, personally, I'm just not having whatever. fun. I'm just not. Uh, Dr. Kurt Thompson is in the on-deck circle. I wonder who Kurt, if, if he loves baseball, and if so, who his team is. Well, I think it'd be the Nats. No, but it's the Pirates. Oh. Isn't everybody a Pirate fan? <laughs> no, you wish. Not. Psychiatrist, coming up next, the ride home. 101.5 WORD. Next time on PowerPoint with Jack Cram. The answer for anger 
is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is forgiveness. Forgiveness is the key to breaking this chain. Tune in next time for PowerPoint with Jack Graham. PowerPoint, tonight at 930 on 101.5 WORD. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. Battling for years and years stuck in the endless cycle of minimum payments could take decades. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Total Financial now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. You've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of Social Security, squeezing it for all it's worth? Hi, this is Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group. Our team can help show you ways to do that with our free Social Security report. It's a great first step to learn how your benefits can play a role in your overall retirement income plan, especially because the Social Security Administration can't give you advice. It's different for everyone, and there are a lot of factors that go into knowing exactly how to maximize your benefits, but based on the decision you make, you could end up with tens of thousands of extra dollars in retirement simply by being informed. Get this free Social Security report from Accurate Solutions Group by texting the word SECURITY to 412-515-3555. That's SECURITY to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Firm offers insurance services and is not affiliated with the U.S. government. Every summer, Pine Valley Camp changes lives, not just for the more than 100 underserved kids who attend each week, but for the many high school and college-age volunteers and staff who work with them as lifeguards, cooks, camp counselors, and more. If you're 16 to 25, apply now and come help make an impact and change lives in a fun, safe, Christian family environment. Apply today at pinevalleycamp.org. Pine Valley Camp, rebuilding broken lives through Jesus Christ. In Beaver County, camp opens mid-June. Dr. Kurt Thompson is with us, psychiatrist in private practice in Falls Church, Virginia. Kurt Thompson has written some really wonderful books that are worth your time. Um, The Soul of Shame, retelling the stories we believe about ourselves, and also his latest book, which is called The Soul of Desire, discovering the neuroscience of longing, beauty, and community. Kurt, we're glad you're here. Welcome back. Kathy and John, thanks so much. It's great to be with you. Very good, Kurt. Okay, so you've chosen a very um, soft, <laughs> soft subject today. We were trying to figure out how to bring it in, and we realized we, we just we got, didn't have anything. We got nothing. So the heavy yeah. lifting is up to you, sir. Yeah. So I am inviting us to uh, consider um, this. You know, the, the most uh, my re- most recent book was on this notion of desire 
and why desire is so deeply related to shame and ultimately violence. And we'll get to violence about what we mean by that and why all of that is tied so closely to the notion of, believe it or not, envy and why envy is highlighted in the 10th commandment, right? It's the last commandment. Thou shalt not covet, and then the writer starts to list all these things, and he's like, oh, just forget about it. I just need to say, don't envy anything that belongs to your neighbor. Why is that commandment such a big deal? And why does this notion of envy play such an important role in all of our lives, whether it's in the kitchen or it's at school or at church or in business or in politics, anywhere? And so I just want to want to recognize that um, – as we've said before, that desire is a very natural thing for us as humans. We all long for things. There, however, is a French Catholic philosopher, René Girard. He's no longer living, but a deeply committed follower of Jesus who wrote about the nature of what we call mimetic desire. This word mimesis, M-I-M-E-S-I-S, that -S -S, comes from the word mimic. And what Girard points out that is true for all humans is that I don't just choose something to desire for its own sake. I don't just want the Camaro. I don't just want the house because of the Camaro on its own. I ultimately want things. I long for things because somebody else wants it first. Mm, okay. He makes the observation that like, I first don't want objects, whatever that object might be, whether it's the right man in my life or woman in my life or the right job or whatever. I want that because I first have a model. There's someone else in the world who wants that thing. And so if there are enough people who are all saying, hey, a Camaro is a really nice thing, that's primarily why I want the Camaro. I huh. mimic people. Now, what's so interesting is that this is completely consistent with what we know about the function of a set of nerves in the brain, a set of neurons that we call mirror neurons. And what these mirror neurons help us do is we learn that all intentional human behavior, everything that I do that I do on purpose, and by that I don't mean – like I just happen to be like tapping the desk with my fingers. I mean, I'm doing that. Per I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing it like intentionally, but I like, I'm not doing it for a purpose. There's no purpose in it, yeah. but all purposeful human behavior, whether it's drinking a cup, drinking from a cup or whether it's driving my car, all of that behavior, including empathy is behavior that I have to learn by mimicking someone else who first does it. I have to watch someone else do it. And if I watch someone else wanting a particular object, then that's what I opt to want. And it doesn't take long. Our listeners can like, it doesn't take long. Just go through the list of things that you want in life and then start to imagine like, well, what is it? Like who else wants that? And who are the people that I'm modeling my life after? 
Okay, now, let me break in from let me break in yeah, from a Kurt. Yeah. So yeah, I want to make sure I'm tracking with you. The first thing that comes to mind is my Instagram feed, and I know everybody's Instagram feed is going to be different, but my Instagram right. feed is filled with different uh, like like fitness gurus. Mm-hmm. And like their new way of like, oh, it's a new form of Pilates. It's a new mm-hmm. hit workout. It's a new. Mm-hmm. And so and they're all kind of showing because of their body what this thing did for them. Is that what is that mm-hmm. what you're talking about? Sure. So so I so, want what but, they have. Exactly. Exactly. I want what they have. Now, here's the thing. Uh, there are not an infinite number of bodies to go around that look like that. There are not an infinite number of Camaros. There are not an infinite number of million-dollar houses. And so at some point, we start, I like, I want this thing. You want this thing. I want it because you want it. But at some point, if we want the very same thing, we start to be in competition for it. And that's where my envy kicks in. And my envy kicks in primarily because it's being fed, first of all, by my shame. There is a thing that I've learned. I mean, this is what happens in Genesis chapter 3. The snake in his conversation with the woman wounds her long before any fruit gets eaten. He basically says, God doesn't want you being, being like him. And in so doing, saying to her indirectly, you're not really that important. There is a wound. And that wound is shaming long before she eats the fruit. And so then the fruit, he's saying to her, like, God can have the fruit, but you can't have the fruit. And now I start to be envious of what God has that God says I can't have. You see where this is going? Yep. And this infects everything we do. And so I ultimately, all acts of violence, all competition is because I want the thing that somebody else wants. And once I get it, I will be okay. Envy is what drives everything. So when then you look at the Ten Commandments, you think like, gosh, there are all these things, all these Ten Commandments, and you at the last, the, the last one, don't covet. When you discover everything that we do that has led to violence, that has led to all the commandments that comes from it, like I, that I lie, that I steal, that I commit adultery, that I murder – All these things are based ultimately on there's something that I want that I can't have. That somebody – my model wants it. And so the beautiful thing about this that Gerard, again, just in his brilliance, his notion, he said like the key then is not – the problem is not A, that we desire things. And then this, again, the mirror neurons are at work here in my brain. The key is the, the problem is not that I desire. The problem is not that I desire something that you desire. The question that he puts out is who are the models that we're watching who show us what it is, what it is that we should want? Mm. Okay, so what determines that? That, that de- I mean, the reason well, that let's, I let's think. well, the reason I have those people that pop up on my Instagram feed is because I have already expressed an interest in that right and so it's just feeding me more of what i'm already interested in of course but again we have to say i'm interested i i have a desire for a certain thing and we think that we desire that thing because that's just the thing that i desire without recognizing that i there's there's nothing that i desire that i don't first mimic Hmm. i don't do this all by myself i do this because 
because I see somebody else who I admire for some set of reasons who wants it and who then tells me directly, explicitly or not, that that is a good thing to have. When you look at Jesus, what does Jesus model for us? Jesus is the one person who does not model competing with us for anything. He is a person of great generosity. He is a person of outflowing love. Now, he's also a person of great demand, right? Like you can't just sleep with whoever you want to. Marriage can't be just whatever you want it to be. You can't return an eye for an eye. Like there are demands that he places on us. While at the same time, his modeling is one of great generosity. It is of turning the other cheek. It is of praying for our enemies. It is turning the whole notion of desire on its head mm. such that if that's the thing that I want, if what I want is the kingdom of God, not to be God, but the kingdom of God, then I start to model my life in a very different way. I don't envy. I don't clutch. I don't hoard. I'm not looking at porn. I'm not sleeping with my friend's wife. I'm not cheating on my taxes so that I can have the thing that I want that other people want but that I can't get. I am finally going to put those mirror neurons in my brain to the use for which they were first created. Mm, oh, that's really good. That's wonderful. And in this way, uh, we pay attention to how uh, allowing the Tenth Commandment to um, help us see, not in a condemning way. I mean, I, like, like recently, I'll just say this, like as, I, as I've been really kind of immersing, paying attention to this and meditating on this whole notion of envy, like, guys, I look, I look at my life and envy is just everywhere. Yeah. It, like there's no place that it isn't. And so I'm like, okay, uh, that can feel a little overwhelming. And at the same time, it also is very clarifying that my envy is the thing on which rests all of my lying, all of my theft, all of my adultery, all of my murder, all of my difficulty in my family relationships, all of my unwillingness to live according to God's tempo and his, and his, and his way of being with the Sabbath, all of my taking God for granted. This is the third commandment. All of my idolatry, all the idols I create, I got to make them because I got to keep up with the people that I'm envious of. Right, right. And all of that means like I'm not really loving God because I begin with the envy that emerges out of my shame from my wounds. And the good news is that when we are allowing ourselves to uh, be seen by those who come to heal us, be that our pastors, be that our counselors, listening to the drive home with the two of you, if I'm able to be seen in this way and allow my shame to be healed, I can begin to get to the root of this envy so that I am actually turning my vision to model my life after Jesus, seeing that his object was the love of his father in the kingdom of God rather than me becoming God. Kurt, that's fascinating. Okay, now time is short. So let's just go back to where we started, and because I, I look at this in some ways as an equation. So <laughs> desire, shame, violence, and envy. Desire, shame, violence, and envy. 
And Mm -hmm. all those things turn on the 10th commandment, which Mm -hmm. is deep in the heart of envy. If we can Mm -hmm. understand our envy, we then can Mm -hmm. then understand our our desire, our shame, and the violence we perpetrate. Right, that's right. When you work the equation backward, when you start with envy, when you start with that 10th commandment, and I start to see it show up everywhere, it, I like, oh, what's that about? Oh, that's about the shame that I feel about not being enough or having enough of this or of that. And when I allow Jesus to heal that, that allows my desire to turn to look at the object that Jesus desires, which is the loving gaze of the Father. And so I use that, we use that 10th commandment as a guidepost at turning like a light that shines into the parts of our hearts where shame and our wounding and our violence hide out, such that when they are healed, we are then transformed into people who desire to then be in the world to create beauty and goodness instead of trying to become God violently and mistreating everybody else along the way. Dr. Kurt Thompson is, I was going to say Thomas, Thompson, psychiatrist in private practice. We're talking to him from Falls Church, Virginia. There are two books by Kurt that I heartily, both John and I, really recommend. Um, And if you've heard this conversation, you think, well, that's like super deep. I don't know if I can get it. Look, the books are accessible and they are practical. And yeah, it's check out the soul of shame retelling the stories we believe about ourselves and kurt's latest the soul of desire discovering the neuroscience of longing beauty and community now kurt before you leave us so this and what you've been thinking about and praying about meditating on this equation the desire shame violence and envy have you written about this uh, I haven't written about it. This, uh, you know, this writer Rene Girard has written about it. He's 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 a pretty dense writer. I mean, he's 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 thoughtful, and it I, like I'm having to take some work. But um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm talking about this a lot in the workshops that I do, and we do a lot of this work in our our counseling work, and our especially in our confessional communities these days. Very good, Kurt. Fascinating. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for giving us this, drawing this to our attention. All right. Thanks so much. Great to be with you guys. And you as well. Our great pleasure. Dr. Kurt Thompson, Falls Church, Virginia. You can find him easily on the web. He is all over social media. And of course, his books that we reference as well, The Soul of Shame and The Soul of Desire. Dr. Kurt Thompson. As a young adult, your college years, of course, are extremely pivotal. It's the time to discover who you are, and if you're fortunate and you are involved in Christian life to discover your God-given calling in life. Because the world calls and says, oh, your college career is all about your future self and making your income to provide for your life. But of Mm -hmm. course, life is much more than that. And there are limitless numbers, seemingly limitless numbers of colleges that will help your child down that path. To figure out how to make the, the most money, to right, to find the most jobs, all those sorts of things, all important things to consider. However, how many schools are there that are going to help your child prepare to go out into the world, to be an effective witness for Christ, to be a person who's able to work in their chosen field in a way that is a calling, whether they're being trained as a mechanical engineer or they're being trained to someone in business or an elementary school teacher, whatever it is, looking at that job as their vocation 
that is given to them by God and that God can work through them in a magnificent way because of their own individuality. How many colleges are going to prepare a child to look at it that way? That would be Grove City College. Eternal biblical truth in all the teachings, gcc.edu, Grove City College. If you have certain chronic conditions such as heart disease, asthma, diabetes, and you're 19 years of age or older, 52, 36, 42, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I'm going to ask my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. Terry Wardenis here from the Gateway Clipper. Celebrate mom with a family aboard a Mother's Day cruise sailing Sunday, May 14th. All moms will receive a special gift from all of us at the Clipper. For reservations, visit gatewayclipper.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Frost advisory in effect late tonight through tomorrow morning. For tonight, partly cloudy and cold, freezing temperatures in the normally colder spots, the low 33. Times of clouds and sun for tomorrow, the nicest day of the week. Tomorrow will reach a high of 66. Periods of rain tomorrow night with a low of 52. Periods of rain Friday, it will be breezy in the morning. Friday will reach a high of 62. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Makes sense. Does what make sense? Sushi. Yes. <laughs> that was yes. In the affirmative. If I could, I would eat it more than often. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's it's pricey. You don't you don't get much for what you pay. Super tasty. It makes so much sense to me. But as I am eating it joyfully as I do, yeah. I'm also understanding how it wouldn't make sense to somebody. Oh. You know, like I can see it from the other side. Sure, yeah. Especially when you get into the larger rolls that have bigger pieces of fish. Mm-hmm. You know, like your little California roll type of thing. There right. might not even be any fish in that. Right. Sushi doesn't actually mean fish. It just means rolled Something. Oats. <laughs> Not oats. <laughs> I think it might be rolled rice. Anyway, it doesn't imply fish is there. Fish definitely. But generally. But but there is generally. I I think I think you and I could eat it every day. Am I speaking too much no, for you? No, I I'd be very happy to. Okay, I think it makes However Yeah. Having grown up in Swissvale, it carries a little cultural baggage. 
Oh, that all of a sudden you're like better than. Well, no, not better than, but you kind of go, really? You're eating raw fish oh, on some rice? got it. So it's, it's not like, essentially a yinzer. So it's a yinzer disparagement thing. That's my, that's my, like we just talked about the soul of shame. Like who are you trying to be? Well, sometimes when I'm eating sushi, I do feel filled with shame and self-loathing. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That's the doctor's weird. in. Okay, yeah, sushi makes sense to me, though. Me, too. Okay. All right, does this, does this make sense? Driving a tiny car. Oh, like one of those little smart cars? The smallest car sold in the United States is a Mitsubishi Mirage. It's 12 feet long. That's dumb. My kid, talking about getting a car, wants the smallest car possible. So I'm like, that, why would you be driving around dumb. in a little clown car? It's unsafe. Right? If you want to drive a clown car, go to Switzerland. There's these massive 18-wheelers. Everyone's driving Honda Pilots. This is an enormous country. Gigantic things. Tiny cars, they seem unsafe to me. No, they seem unsafe to me. It doesn't make any sense. But, it makes sense if you live in Germany or Luxembourg or Austria. But you see how expensive gas is. It doesn't Or an EV, it. a small EV. It'd be fairly economical. It'd okay, but money. that would be better. Not, but not a smart car. Not a little thing that looks like you cut a regular car in half. I know, they're so funny. <laughs> no. Yeah. My ultimate shame would be eating sushi inside of a smart car. <laughs> Self-loathing. Doesn't make sense. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New music. New music from Big Daddy Weave. Heaven changes everything. Heaven changes Tomlin and Holy Forever. And Hallelujah Anyway from Rend Collective. Hallelujah Anyway. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. If you've heard any of our radio commercials here on Word FM, you know that we like funny stories that make us smile. This is not one of those commercials. I read this week that over one-third of U.S. adults now owe more in credit card debt than they have saved. Add in the fact that milk and gas and kids' clothes and everything is out of control. And I think it's fair to say it's a scary time for a lot of good people. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And if that's you, I do believe a cash-out refinance, pulling out some of the value your home has earned the last few years, could be a saving grace. Yes, mortgage interest rates are up. But credit card rates are about three to five times higher. We've helped hundreds of listeners do this, using a cash out to rid of the credit card debt and then saving some extra aside for the road ahead. And it's undoubtedly a life changer for many. If you'd like to chat about your situation, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a blessing for 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Tens of thousands affected by the toxic water at Camp Lejeune are left with death, cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, birth defects, and other serious illnesses. And along with the harm, so many worries. My family drank the Camp Lejeune water. What if our health gets worse and we need more financial help? How do I protect my VA benefits and get the compensation I deserve and need? The answer is simple. Call James Harris Law, the experienced, trusted law firm that can get you significant compensation while protecting all your VA benefits. We're already fighting for hundreds of Marines, families, and civilians who drank Camp Lejeune water. But if you miss the deadline, you could forever lose your right to the justice you deserve. So call our Camp Lejeune legal helpline now. Now may be your last chance to receive full compensation. Don't delay. 
Call 800-299-7878. That's 800-299-7878. 800-299-7878. Rama Christian School is enrolling now. Rama is a private school in Moon Township serving children in preschool through eighth grade. Recognized for its commitment to a biblically integrated curriculum that nurtures a Christian worldview and academic excellence, Rama aims to develop the whole child, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially. Rama is a true community of families who desire to raise up the next generation of godly leaders, also offering programs for homeschool families. For tuition and enrollment information, visit RamaChristianSchool.org. Ah, the old cliche. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a little bit earlier in the four o'clock hour about Christians, the characters that are presented in movies. Right. So we, you have like the the hypocrite Christian. Right. The stern elder. Right. You have the bully Christian who's like, <laughs> you know, quoting Bible verses, but he's like skimming money <laughs> off the prison laundry. Right. And like, you know, messing people up. <laughs> right. I don't know. I think Christian cliches, like, I mean, cliches are available anywhere. Well, they're. But don't you feel like we should resist them wherever we can? Yes, but there's, you know, there's. But some of them are there for a reason. Right. There's truth to them because more often than not, they're real. They be they become an you know just a comment on themselves. We every every time you see a Christian cliche, you nod your head because at one time or another. Oh yeah, I've seen that. I'm part of that. That's me. Oh, heaven help us. (laughs) Right. Lisa Anderson's with us, director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family. She hosts The Boundless Show. It's a weekly podcast and radio show. Lisa, we're happy to hear from you again. Hey, it's so good to be here. Our pleasure. Okay, so cliches. I was just thinking of, uh, you know, the books, uh, Jonathan Acuff's book, Stuff uh, Christians Like. Oh, that's funny stuff. I remember yeah. on, like, page, on page one, there was, like, recommendations for dancing for, you know, high school students. And there was, like... Um, a, a, a female and a male, and in the center there was a circle, and it said "Space for the Holy Spirit." Uh-huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And some people basically live their like teen and young adult lives, dating lives, off of that diagram. Yes. So right. you know, there's application there. Exactly. Right. Okay. So, what cliches have come to mind for you? <laughs> well, it's funny. We actually address this at Boundless, and it's so funny because I'm so hard on my young adult audience, saying, "You guys." You cannot, like, subscribe to this mean theology and be all surfacy and weird. You need to get into the scriptures yourself. But then as I'm reading through some of these that we actually tackled, I'm like, I feel like a lot of boomers have fallen prey to these. So why am I only yelling at young adults? Oh, so, okay. Okay, so here's one. I mean, who hasn't heard when God closes the door, he opens oh, the window? Right. Okay, so, I mean, everyone wants to cling to this because they know that if they didn't get the job or they didn't get the spouse or they didn't get whatever, they're hoping that God's going to show up with something else. But, and that's true. I mean, God always, you know, he provides a way out. We know for temptation, he's certainly going to be there um, walking us through our lives. But this idea of like, sometimes God is just going to close everything and it's for a good reason. So it might be, you know, you might think you're supposed to be walking in a different direction. And he's like, nope, this is not, uh, I have something for you entirely different. And it's not going to be, you're going to get a little piece of this blessing. You're not going to get a piece of this decision. I'm just going to say no. And I think we as Christians, you know, again, this gets to the sovereignty of God, is we just need to recognize that when God says something, I mean, he's going to say yes or no, or he's going to tell you to wait. And we just have to be okay with that. 
We have to not think that he's going to show up and be like, okay, well, let me give you a little consolation prize or let me show you, you know, something else, of course, in your timing, uh, you know, so that you can be placated. So I think it's kind of speaking to just God being God and us being okay with that. Right. When God closes a door, he opens opens a window. window. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's painful to hear because I I was always (laughs) clinging hopefully to that. I feel like I feel like Grandma just loved that one. Or what about like, what about oh. God never gives you more than you can handle? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, that's one of them too. Is so it? it's like, yeah, we totally tackled that one at Boundless because it's this idea of, you know what, you know what God's going to do? Like He's going to give you your average life, which already is more than you can handle. No kidding. <laughs> so, this this idea that, you know, you're getting blessing from God by having an easy life is just not true. I mean, talk to any missionary martyr, uh, talk to people who are slugging it out in difficult marriages. I mean, this is like God is God is going to show up, but he is going to have to be your strength because there is just you are fallible. You are human. And, you know, the fact is God is going to give you more than you can handle. And it's going to make you on him and he's going to do it because he loves you. Good. Okay. So in, in your piece, Lisa, about Christian cliches, you talk about John Newton in the midst of this cliche. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's very true because I think it's very easy for us to say, you know, okay, well, you know, how do we how do we think this through? I mean, John Newton, obviously a former slave trader, he penned Amazing Grace, and he actually addressed a widow who was who was kind of fearing death on this subject. And who among us doesn't do that? You know, I mean, it's like take your biggest fear and put it, um, you know, put it to peace there. And it's like, he basically said, you know, the Lord is going to reserve some dying strength for a dying hour. So when you are, he's going to show up with the grace that you need in the moment that you need it. He's not going to stockpile it for you. He's not going to be like, don't worry, let me tell you exactly what your next 10 years are going to look like because we're a team. No, you're not a team. (laughs) Again, God is in charge of you. He's on the throne. And so um, I felt like John was dispensing some great wisdom in that example to say, we don't have to fear death because you know what? It's already been disarmed. And so as a result, the work that God has already done is taking on eternity. And so we can rest in that. Oh man, there's the cliche. Okay. So how about God helps those who help themselves? I mean, that sounds good, right? What's what's awesome about this is so many people think this is actually in the Bible. I mean, so not only is this like people think this is an actual Bible verse, um, but it actually came from Ben Franklin. Um, so I don't know if people ascribe him godlike qualities, mm. but anyway, um, you know, and, and it makes sense because those founding fathers, many of them were deists. Who, uh, who were kind of like, okay, well, God set this whole thing in motion, but then now it's up to you to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, make it happen. And what's sad is this is really walked out in a lot of Christian theology, where people are like, you know what, God gave you your ticket into heaven, or he did most of it for you, but you better figure out how to add your 15%, because if he did this for you, don't you owe him X, Y, Z. And the fact is, first of all, God's not sitting around hoping that we're going to add something to the equation, because quite frankly, are we joking? I mean, it's like, um, I don't think God needs our help. I have my backgrounds in PR. I always say God doesn't need me as his PR person. Um, so, So the fact is, we have to realize that if we are out there to help ourselves and we're responsible for ourselves, we are, we're lost. Uh, we're basically sunk. And so 
Um, God came for those who are the biggest failures. Um, and so what we need to do is recognize that by helping ourselves, we need to lean into Jesus Christ. That is the only thing we can do to help ourselves. And then as we do that and stay plugged into the vine, he will turn around and he will give us the strength and the resources we need to make it. Lisa Anderson hosts The Boundless Show. It's a weekly podcast and a radio show. We're talking about Christian cliches that a lot of us either believe or sometimes we live like we believe it, um, even though if you asked us the fact basis for it, we would say, no, no, that's not in the Bible. What about um, you're never more safe than when you're in God's will? Okay, so this one is a little tricky because I think a lot of people, you know, you can you can take it as, yeah, obviously, you know, you want to be in God's will. And so if you know you're in God's will, you know that that's a good place to be, given that God has ordained that. But too many people interpret it as like a physical safety or God will, you know, he's going to do you. You do what you need to do for God. Like you obey him. You do what you, you walk it out. And then he's going to reward you for your obedience by basically giving you safety or giving mm, you what you want. Right. I remember my, my pastor said one time, and this was like chilling to me. It still is when I recall it. He said, you know, I realized that for years and years I prayed for my daughters and I prayed for their safety and for their health and for them to be successful in their schooling and then in their careers. And then he realized that's like not even close to what I should be praying for my own kids. I should be praying that they are walking closer and closer to Jesus every day. And if Jesus needs to do something in their life that isn't safe, that will accomplish that, I need to be okay with that. And I need to actually pray for that. And so to, uh, to worry about safety or to think actually the thing that might be kind of unsafe might be the best place for you to be because it's going to absolutely prepare you and your heart for walking with Jesus in a dependent relationship. And so, so you know, it doesn't like, mean that God doesn't have good things for you. It's like the anti-prosperity gospel. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it's not, it's not do this uh, formula, perform in the way you need to perform, and then God's going to show up and he's going to reward uh, everything for you. I mean, it, it's very much, we don't know where our lives are leading, and thank goodness we probably don't. And so as a result, we're have to, having to think, you know, look at uh, the lives of the martyrs, look at where many Christians have walked before us, and you'll realize that safety isn't always God's best for us. That's good. Uh, all that to say, Lise, uh let go and let God. <laughs> okay. I feel, John, maybe you have stitched this one on a pillow somewhere. Um, you so know, he's always know stitching, Lise. It's just, it's hard to get him to concentrate on other things. Whether it's, a, whether it's a pillow or a sampler for your wall, I know this is one of your hobbies. But, but here's the deal. It's a short phrase. It's easy to say, but it's a little goofy. Okay. Can we be honest? I mean, you guys were talking about Christian movies and Christian movie characters. How many times has this line been dispensed in a movie? I think it's, or, or some version of it. And it's kind of this idea that, yes, we want to surrender to God. We want to be that person that's like, I truly do, God, put all my eggs in your basket. I'm trusting you. But at the same time, it's just, it's not this laissez-faire, like, whatever, throw up my hands. God's going to do what he's going to do. We, the Christian life is still hard and involves effort, you know, and that effort is in trusting the God of the universe to really have our best for us and know what's best for us. And so, you know, we're, we're still marching towards the finish line. We still know that Paul said, 
we are to finish the race well. And so it's not just like this, oh, you know, you hear a lot of Christians now, like, our culture is such a disaster. What are we going to do? We're all, you know, hand to the back, you know, to the forehead. We're, we're despairing. Well, you better not be despairing because that's, uh, you know, turning your back on God. So um, that letting go, uh, there's a good part to it, and there's a destructive part to it. Hmm. Well, that's really interesting, Lisa. I, so I mean, we parrot things often without thinking about it. Um, yeah. And so we say things that we think are true and we dispense the advice to other people. So not only are we screwed up, but now we're encouraging them to <laughs> right. be screwed up. So maybe in the, in the next movie, the, the new uh, new character is the character who dispenses Christian cliches. Well, there you go. That's probably a good one. I mean, that could be a, a screenplay right there. So right. It, it is funny because, you guys, we do this, especially when people are walking through hardship, which is exactly the time they don't need a yes. Christian cliche. Right. You know? So it's like, can we do better at actually having a listening ear for people's troubles, just sitting with them in presence with them as they are walking through a hard time? being there for them, praying for them, which is the best thing we could be doing, instead of just blithely, like, parroting stuff and putting stuff out there that ultimately probably won't help them. Yeah. Lisa, I'm going to go off on a completely different tangent, but earlier in the program, because we're still getting to know you, um, but earlier in the program we were talking about how uh, this new uh, Exorcist movie uh, that stars Russell Crowe, are you familiar with this? Oh, I've heard about it. A little, a couple of reviews. Yeah. Well, what we talked about earlier in the show is that real life exorcists are unhappy with the film. Okay. Ah, okay. Um, and so we were just talking about whether we would go to see it or not. And so John is kind of on the fence. Lexi, our producer, is like, yeah, she's going to go see it. And I'm like, absolutely not. So where would you fit into our spectrum? I would, I would probably be, you know, it's funny because I actually read one of the reviews was saying it's a little more in the horror genre than they would have thought mm -hmm. it would be even treading in the subject matter of the church and all that. So I'm not sure. I mean, I maybe would out of curiosity. I'm sure it's one of those things I could air quotes handle. Like for me, um, sexual content and blatant disrespect of God are much more problematic for me yeah. in cinema and stuff. So I probably could, but I'm kind of like, do I need to know about Exorcist? I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I kind of feel like it's one of those things of like probably could pass on it. But, you know, if someone was like, oh, I, I really need to watch this and I want you to discuss it with me. Well, that could that could pull me in, I guess. That's good. Okay. Yeah, it's not necessarily a popcorn movie. Yeah. No, it's, not, it's not the latest, uh, the latest Disney one. Although those are equally controversial. Yes, so they I guess are. Yeah, in, in different ways, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, it. Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> Always great. Bye-bye. Lisa Anderson. Uh, she is the director of Boundless and Young Adults at Focus on the Family. I'm going to start giving her like one of those auxiliary questions every time. Okay, good. Yeah, she can handle it. The Boundless Show, weekly podcast and radio show, Lisa Anderson from Focus on the Family. Hi, friends. Tom Lewis for Cross International with a great big thank you to everyone who gave in our campaign to reach, rescue, and bring hope and the gospel to children right there in Haiti, Guatemala, and Nicaragua through Cross International Partners. Your gifts are literally transforming lives. Now, there's still some work to be done. A lot of children waiting to be fed for the next year, receive clean water, a Christian education, other life-saving resources, and there's room for you to call right now, 866-806-2977. 
We've still got a lot of children in this campaign that need your help. You can give on the web as well at wordfm.com, the Cross International Banner. Or one more time, here's the number to call, 866-806-2977. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? Babbel's interactive lessons are created by real language teachers and voiced by real native speakers using a modern conversation-based method. So in no time, you can start speaking confidently about real-life topics in another language. Nosotras vamos a México en dos días y ahora hablamos español. Gracias, Babbel. Sí, muchas gracias. <laughs> Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes. You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening? Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Okay, so how does JND Waterproofing protect your home? By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And JND Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage. I couldn't have said it better myself. Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY. J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. National Poetry Month. We love it. Mm-hmm. We celebrate it. I saw a poem today. Did you? Called Easter in Pittsburgh. Oh, Who's the writer? James Lachlan. Okay. Which I'm, is a whole other story. I'm ready. Here it is. Even on Easter Sunday, when the church was a jingle, a jungle of lilies and ferns fat, Uncle Paul, who loved his liquor, so would pound away with both fists on the stone pulpit, shouting, Sin, 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 and the fiery fires of hell. And I cried all afternoon the first time I heard what they did to Jesus it was something. The children shouldn't know about that till they were older. But the new maid told me, and both of us cried a lot. And so mother got another one, right away. And she sent away Miss Richardson, who came all the way from England because she kept telling how her fiancé, Mr. Bow's Lion, died suddenly of a heart attack. He just said one day at lunch, I'm afraid I'm not well. And the next thing they knew, he was sliding under the table. Easter was nice, the eggs were silly, but the big lilies were wonderful, and when Uncle Paul got so fat from drinking that he couldn't squeeze into the pulpit anymore and had to preach from the floor, there was an elders' meeting, and they said they would have the pulpit rebuilt, but Uncle Paul said, no, it was the Lord's manifest, Will, and he would pass his remaining years in sacred studies. 
I liked Thanksgiving better because that was the day Father took us down to the mills. But Easter I liked the best, and the rabbits died because we fed them beet tops, and the lambs pulled up the grass by the roots and was sold to Mr. Page, the butcher. I asked Uncle Robert who was sacred, who were what sacred studies were. He said he was not really sure, but he guessed they came in a bottle. And Mother sent me away from the table when I wouldn't eat my lamb chops. That was ridiculous, she said. It wasn't the Lamb of God. It was Caesar and a crock. Nibbles. But I couldn't. I just couldn't. And the year of the strike, we didn't go to church at all on Easter because they said it wasn't safe downtown. So instead, we had prayers in the library. And then right in the middle, the telephone rang. And it was Mr. Shepherd and the mill they had to use tear gas. Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.